Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. So, guys, I want you to know, man, tonight, um, I kind of been pulling these two-day, like, Wednesday, Thursdays. Next next month, of course, um, we're, we, we kind of go one online in June, we're online. And then July, we're here from IMA. Don't forget, IMA is right around the corner. So make plans to attend. If you're a member of the church, you've been hearing about it. If, if you're not, um, and you're just watching, don't forget, we are going to be in this building June. I want to get the right date. 13, 14, and 15. June, th- uh, I'm sorry, July. My bad. July 13, 14, and 15th summit is going to be here. Amen. And we are going to be having a time. And they are flying in, coming in. Summit's going to be awesome. People driving over. It's going to be a powerful time. So make plans to attend. And of course, you know, we're online and then we're in person. And we kind of flip-flop in between there because I want to get you these powerful truths. It gives me time. So one of the things we're talking about, destiny, delay, deny, this is all part of your assignment. This has been, if you had to give a title to this, this ain't a bad idea if you want to title it. You could call it the, the, the Assignment Summit. You've been given an assignment. And I want you to be positioned. So don't allow the distractions, the delay to, to derail your assignment. Your assignment is not your decision, but it has to become your discovery. Your assignment is not your decision, but it has to become your discovery. I don't get to choose to do my assignment. That's the problem um, with a lot of people in the body of Christ. They copycat assignments that have not been given to them. When I first got saved, I literally went to the church, and literally this was my mindset. Straight up, no joke. I was doing business in the earth, just doing life, and I said, man, I started kind of seeing what God was kind of saying, like, you know, about this thing, like calling. And I said, man, I don't care if God calls me to mow the lawn. That's literally came out of my mouth. If God calls me just to mow the lawn, which is more than enough for me, I'm going to be the best lawnmower guy they ever seen at that church, man. And I was done. Like, I was just a thought I had. So I, I was serving in the uh, soup kitchen kind of like thing, you know, cleaning the grill and mopping the floor. I was happy about it. It was, you know, same like we do on Monday. They used to do Monday night. I'd go to the tr- finish work, get, get cleaned up, go run down there and be like, hey, man, this is what I do. You know, man, they did it. And then, you know, we do. And I'd clean the grill, mop the floor, make sure everything was put away. I usually sometimes was the last guy out the building, you know, and I was happy and I was f- fun. And then we had a big old van, you know, and they're like, hey, can you go to Krispy Kreme and get donuts? Like, yeah, I'll get some donuts. And I used to go get donuts. I didn't care about any of that. I was like, I just want to serve God because I love God. And if this is my assignment, I'm happy doing it. And then all of a sudden one day they're like, hey, you want to preach? I'm like, no. You know what I mean? I do not want to do that. I want to stay away from all that stuff. You guys do that. And it wasn't about the acts, but I was just happy fulfilling whatever the assignment was not knowing what it was. Does that make sense? Like, I don't care if they make me like, you know, the church janitor. There's nothing wrong with being the church janitor. I never want to make that seem like that. I was just saying, I was happy being a greeter. I was been happy being an, I was ushering. I was happy being an usher. I didn't need anything more. It wasn't my choice to pick my assignment. Most people's biggest problem is, and I see this with so many people around me, um, you know, their biggest problem is they're trying to be somebody God never called them to be. 
get comfortable in your own skin and just be you, you know? Because I think what happens is you try to come out of your uh, assignment or your calling or your purpose, and then you try to be somebody you're not supposed to be, and it really doesn't come across as authentic because it's not. You understand? Authenticity is found within your assignment. Authenticity is found within the parameters of what is God is called. Once I come out and try to be, so, it's not authentic anymore. So if I try to come out and be like some other preacher and, and I, you pick up mannerisms and stuff like that from people, I understand that completely. But if I try to come out and be something that I'm not called to be, guess what? It cloudies my authenticity. So you gotta just be you, man. Just be comfortable being you and be the best you you can be. So remember this, I used to tell the kids, you know, in the beginning, you could be anything you want to be in life. And I changed it. I was like, no, you can't. Yeah, now that's not discouraging. I said, you have to discover what God has called you to be in the earth. You can't just be like, you know, and it's like funny, you know, like anybody could do anything. Nah, not really. You know what I mean? I mean, it's really serious. I don't have the genetics to play in the NBA. Even if I was any good, I'm not getting a starting spot. Sorry. I can't play in the NFL. There's certain, I'm not going to ice skate. Come on, somebody. You know what I mean? It's like certain things are, are you're saying, Pastor, are you saying some things are impossible? Uh, they, they might not be impossible, but they're improbable. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you know what I'm like, you're not going to get certain things done. Amen? Well, don't worry about it. It's not part of your assignment. You know what I mean? I don't think God did this like uh, everything. Now, this could be really trippy. You know, I can really get tripped up here if I'm not careful, but I don't really care. I'm going to let it rip. You know, you can get in that fine line like everything is possible with God. Well, I think everything's possible with God as long as it's part of your assignment. Otherwise, I don't think God really gets into it. If it's not your assignment in life, why would God go anoint me to be, you know, I don't know. God knows I ain't going to be a pro golfer anytime soon. You know what I mean? I ain't going to be playing rugby. You know what I mean? Come on, how many of you know I ain't teaching English and I sure I'm not teaching algebra. I will never, it is impossible for me to become a math teacher. Okay, leave it alone. You see what I'm trying to say though? The, the possibilities are found within the assignment at a greater level because you are doing, the willing and the obedient need to go to land. You see what I'm saying? So lose all that, like I don't have to get into all that. Let me just stay in this. So God specifically has prepared things for you, okay? That's 1 Corinthians 2, 9. And I want you to look at this thing because your life has been prepared within your assignment. Now, this is what I'm gonna say. A lot of people talk about predestination. Now, I wanna take a piece of predestination out of the whole, now, do I believe the predestination plan? No, I do not believe everything involved in that. But I do believe there is a predestined, prescribed plan for your life. That I do believe, okay? And I believe your cooperation with that is critical. Your cooperation with the predestinated plan and purpose for your life is critical because if you do not um, apply what you need to apply in certain seasons, man, it could get cloudy. And I, I don't, I don't want you to go there. Uh, I was looking for the scripture. Um, I don't want you to go there because I, I think, I think it's, I think it's dangerous to get outside your lane of what God has not called you to be. Um, um, kind of like, not dangerous, like, you know, like something's going to happen, but 
maybe, you know, you want to stay in your lane, but you could really get discouraged and go through some of the process we talked about yesterday a lot longer because how many you know, you don't want to be walking around the wilderness for 40 years when you should have been on a, you know, 11 day journey. So that's what happens when you get out of assignment. That's what happens when you get out of purpose. And I'm going to tell you what, Moses is a great example of that. He was called to do exactly what he did. Okay. Now you say, what well, I mean, kill an Egyptian and bury him in the sand? No, he was called to deliver Israel. And when he saw the, 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 the brutality of Israel being oppressed, and he basically killed the man and buried him in the sand. It was part of the overall assignment, but the timing was completely wrong. And therefore, because he was premature in his calling, okay, he responded out of flesh and really, really messed up some stuff, put himself into a 40-year spin, and literally, because of what he could not overcome, because of lack of preparation, dealing with the, the men and women he was dealing with, it came back to get him in the end when he struck the rock one too many times. So what you start learning is this, is that if you do not allow the timing of the assignment to create the character, you could be premature in, in birthing this ministry that God has for you. And I'm going to talk about that and almost destroy it. Because not because it wasn't yours, not because it wasn't your calling, not because it wasn't your assignment, not because it wasn't your purpose, but you got the timing of it wrong and you did not develop character enough to sustain the seasons that you're going to have to step in. Because that's one of the big things too with this thing. You, you have to grow in um, grace and spiritual maturity to handle the backside weight of this assignment. You know what I mean? Like, you can get away with some of it. Now, I'm going to explain to you. There's one part in here that is phenomenal. It talks about, you know, even though you messed up, God can fix it. But you still got to realize this. You could have made a mistake and God can fix it. But you can't continually just keep making mistakes and expect this assignment to sustain. It'll fall apart. And it did for great men and women of God in the Bible. That's why I'm talking about this tonight. So look what it says in 1 Corinthians um, chapter 1, verse 2 and 9. Y'all know this one. And if you didn't see this, in 1 Corinthians 2 and 9, it says, you know, I has not seen, and I like this one because I think what happens is you got to understand, God loves you, God cares about you. But in 1 Corinthians 2 and 9, I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God had prepared for them that love him. God has prepared things for you. Look at this verse 10, right? But God had revealed them unto us by the Holy Spirit, for the Holy Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Now, here's a big one. God has specifically prepared events, situations, stuff, circumstance, timing for you. Okay, you're only going to be able to discover, discern, discover those things, those events, those purposes, those plans, those pursuits with the Holy Spirit's help. That's why it's important. Okay, that's why it's important. So you got to be really, really spirit led. So I'm going to give you a couple of things that I think are key to help you fulfill the assignment that God has given you for your life. Number one thing you got to remember, his plan for your life is going to need a personal 
decision on your part to cooperate with it. His plan for your life is going to require you to make a personal decision to basically cooperate with God to make it come to pass. Does that make sense? So God might have a plan, but now you got to surrender to it. You got to yield to it, even if you don't like it. You got to think of Jonah. I don't want to go. Think of Paul. Think of Jesus for crying out loud, right? I don't want to drink this cup. You are going to have to cooperate with this calling, right? Because the key is this. Even though it's been given to you in an assignment form, that does not mean you're going to cooperate with it. God cannot make it come to pass without your cooperation, okay? Big. And that's why you start seeing stuff like, you know, you know it's going to come to pass if you hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, to observe everything to do, right? These commandments. He set you on high above all. The, that's Deuteronomy. You want to say that? Deuteronomy 28.1. Deuteronomy 28.1. I think it's really good because he talks about you being set high above all the nations of the earth, right? And it, and it shall come to pass if you will hearken diligently. When's the last time you really paid attention to what God was saying? The voice of the Lord to observe to do all his commandments which I shall command this day that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth. Right? Don't you want God to set you on high above all the nations of the earth? Well, you should. If you didn't, it was a covenant promise. Right? Now, that's a big one. So, now here's, here's some stuff I thought was really good. Okay? So his plan for your life is going to take a what? It's going gonna, it's gonna to need cooperation. Now, I like that word. You say, why in the heaven would you like the word cooperation? Because I really believe this without a shadow of a doubt. I think a lot of people do not cooperate with God because they're scared of where he's taking them. Write that down. What do you mean? I think a lot of people don't cooperate with God because they're scared of where they think he's going to take them. Like, I, I'm out of control. Yeah, no, duh. You, the only way to get God in control is you get out of it. You know what I'm saying? So you got to realize this. You've been created to solve problems. You're a solution to somebody. You know? And, and, and I'm going to tell you right now, God's willing to reward you to do this, but you got to realize this. Um, he gave you, he gave, he gave you uh, the ability to conceive in the mind, what he's called you to do. He's given you the gifts and the skills from the Holy Spirit to do what he's called you to do. He's given you um, uh, the Holy Spirit to help you pull this off. He um, literally gave you an opportunity in the plan that he has for you, for your life. But here's the thing. Are you going to make that personal? His plan for your life, right, is going to be his plan for your life will require obedience. If you're willing and obedient, what is that first? Uh, Isaiah chapter 1, 19 and 20. Not, yeah, verse 19 and 20, right? Isaiah 1, chapter 1, 19. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. That's got to be it, right? And what? But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Ain't that sweet? How's that sound, right? Yo, here's the good part. If you'll be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Right? Everybody reads that part. How about 20? What's 20 say? But if you what? Refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword and mouth the Lord has spoken it. Nobody reads that side. You eat the good of the land. 
Willing and obedient. I don't want to be willing nor obedient. Well, good. Then you're going to what? You're going to be devoured with the sword. Okay, I'll be willing and obedient now. Funny how we change our mind real fast, right? That personal decision is important. He promised he'd be with you. He promised he'd bless you. He promised he'd take care of you. But I, I like this. I, I really like this, man. I really, really like this point. I want to bring this. I want to pull this point over so I can really get in this. So this blessed me. Okay, so write this down. Okay, because this is big. Um, you find your passion sometimes in what you love and what you hate. You know, if you really like something, it's um, it kind of starts grieving you, you know, or it gets you excited. So whatever is getting you excited, you got to look at because probably what you love and what you hate is connected. Does that make sense? Big thing right there. I'm going to tell you a lot of things, too. A lot of, like, these are, other guys taught, like, a lot of these principles. Like, um, uh, your assignment is ge geographical sometimes. It's where you are as much as who you are, whether it's going to come to pass or not. Because, man, I heard a great man of God say this. God made places before he ever made people. Oh, man, that's good stuff, ain't it? Okay, so I may write. You look at this, like, look at this. Think about all these guys in the Bible, okay? Hey, what did he say? I, I got to go pass by the well. Why? Because I got to go find a woman. He had to go to a certain place. He had to go to Samaria. How about Jonah? You got to go to Nineveh, bro. I don't want to go to Nineveh. Hey, Jesus, you got to go to Gethsemane. Hey, I'm just telling you. You say, does geographical location mean a lot? I think it does. You got to find your land and get there. Amen. Everybody's like, praise be to God, thanks. Am I in the right place? I know I am. Your assignment in life um, is going to take you places that only favor can get you. Okay? That's a big one too. Big one. Okay? Now, there's a little bit of time going to be in this thing, but I want, I want to get you to this part. Um, this is big, and then we're going to backtrack. This one's huge, because this is what I really felt when I was, when I was preparing for you guys. What if I mess something up? This is so good. I want to take my time. What if I think I derailed my assignment? I think I messed up. I rebelled against it. I refused it. I sinned against it. I really, really, really messed this up. What, what am I doomed? You know, where it says the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. They're irrevocable. That means you can't take them back. God can forgive any sin or mistake you have made in pursuit of your assignment. You better write that down. Okay? So if you feel like I, 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 I jacked it up, like, um, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe you got, maybe went through a life hit, you know? You know, there was guys back in the day, some denominations that if you, if you get married and divorced, they kick you out. You know, which I don't know. I don't, I, there's stuff like that goes on. So like, what if somebody left you? Like I had a buddy who, who was married and, and, and um, he was a preacher and him and his wife were in ministry. And one day she wakes up and she don't want to be married no more. And she don't want to be in ministry. And she walked out the door and he was like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? He was devastated. Don't get me wrong. But then it's like, hey, and they came to him and it's like, okay, well now that you're, you got to stop. Well, how in the heaven, what did I have to do with that? Right? The guy's asking me. So I, I just tried to coach him through it. I was like, bro, this is bad. But that doesn't mean God, the, the denomination 
um, might have might have thought this or that might have thought that. You know what I mean? And some religious organizations feel like, you know, things are going on. But guess what? That doesn't mean God that doesn't mean God didn't put something on your life. Right? That doesn't mean God stopped. Maybe you backslid. That doesn't mean God took it off your life. Look like I'm thinking of Samson. I'm thinking of David. I'm thinking about Paul. I'm thinking, I'm really thinking of Peter. Sorry. I'm thinking about Peter. Well, the apostle Paul, he was another one, right? He's killing Christians. And then, you know, I was thinking more Peter than Paul, but he was another one, right? Look at Samson, right? I mean, geez, Moses, we just got done saying, right? Killing people. David, oh my God, he's committing adultery and murder and, 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 and the repercussions of that came on some of the kids. You know, he had, he had, he had some tragic stuff going on over there because he, he basically derailed his destiny and his assignment because of an action. But God put the pieces back together. So God can forgive any sin or mistake you have made in pursuit of your assignment. Um, failure is going to happen and occur. God is not surprised by it. Okay? I want you to know that God is not surprised. God knows that we may fall. Um, you know, that's Psalms 37, 23, and 24. I think that'll be good to look at. Psalms 37, 23, and 24. It says, the steps of a good man. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighted in his ways. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. He knows it's coming. Look at Proverbs 24, 16. Proverbs 24, 16. Right? Sometimes good men fall more than once. For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. Ain't that good news? Come on, we fall down, but we get up. Donnie McClurkin made that song famous, right? He came and sang it that one time. Donnie's like... We fall, but we get up. You don't want me singing that, do you? You want me to play some? Should I play, should I play a little Donnie? Doing? Maybe, maybe at the end we'll play it, right? right. Come on, man. Because a saint is just a sinner who got up. Come on. Woo, come on, somebody. We should play background music when I start doing this. Karaoke at the church, right? <clears throat> I was thinking about that song. You ever hear that song? No, you will. I'll play it for you later. Because God knows they don't want me singing it no more. But that's true, right? We fall down. We make mistakes. My mouth's got me more trouble. Uh, woo! Praise the Lord. Doc was telling that story when he was here, right, with Charles Caps. You know, Charles Caps is all about confession. You know, Brother Caps. Charles Caps. Charles Caps. Confession. He's got, he's got great. He's got, you ever want to go listen to a podcast, go listen to Charles Caps. He will, he's like, he got you going, right? But Charles Caps wrote great, great books about confession. He, he was probably like the forefather of confession. You know, Brother Hagin taught a lot about it, but Brother Caps really taught it. I remember Dr. Rob was here and he said, he said they went hanging out one day and he looked at him and he said, he said, you know, I'll tell you what, young fellow, that mouth's going to get you in trouble one day. You know what I mean? And I was like, I was like, man, my mouth already got me in trouble. When he said it, man, a couple weeks ago, I was like, when he said that, I was like, my mouth already got me in trouble, bro. Why? Because I, sometimes I need to shut up, but I don't. How about you? Have you ever derailed your assignment, delayed something because of your mouth? Let's all just repent right now. We corporately repent for all the things we said that we should not have said 
In Jesus' mighty name, we get up. Come on. Look at this. Come on, man. Those who walk what? Oh, my God. Jesus. Whew. He upholds them with his hand. God, hallelujah. I'm getting, Jesus, man, but I'm telling you, right, didn't Jesus rehabilitate all these guys that fell? He didn't, Peter, Peter don't even know what he's talking about. Remember Peter? Peter's like, man, obviously I'm in trouble. He's like, man, I ain't even bringing it up. Let's just go win the race. Let's go do what we got to do. Let's go do this thing. Ain't that good news? I don't know about you, but that's good news for me. Glory be to God. How about this one? Jesus did not condemn these guys, didn't, nor did he destroy those guys. He simply forgave them. And then what did he do? He magnified the moment by reestablishing what he called them to do. Peter's like, Peter's a great example. So is David. Okay, David, yeah, what? Go and do what I called you to do. Peter, yeah, what? Go and feed my sheep. Go feed my lambs. Go do what I called you to do. Everybody's getting called out. Jesus did not look at their performance to disqualify their position, nor their calling, nor their assignment. He knew that there was going to be, um, obviously he's not jumping up and down when we miss it, but he knew there was going to be human frailty involved, but he never, that's one of the greatest things I, I read. Uh, I was reading one time, and, and I thought it was so good, that God never took the humanity of man's failure out of the Bible, but left it in there for us all to see that the work of progress was a continual work of grace. Could you imagine if he took all the stuff like, oh, you didn't see David, you didn't see Samuel, you'd be like, oh my God. But guess what? You see human frailty in the Bible and God has no problem using frailty of man to bring glory to God. Ain't that good news? Man, here's a big one, ready? Because I gotta get going because the can't keep you all night. God knows I'll preach all night. Your assignment, and this is big because a lot of you are here. This is why I want to get to this. So if you messed it up, God put it back together. He seen him on the seashore. He said, feed my sheep, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. He's like, what, what are you going to rebuke me? He said, no, I just need you to fulfill your destiny. Your assignment is going to re require a season of preparation. Okay? Write that down. A season of preparation. Because you're not born qualified, you become qualified. I just went through some stuff. Um, it looked like the decisions that I was making were disqualifying me from a season of life in the natural. But really what they were doing were they were overqualifying me for my future. And man, when you're in it, you just think this is completely stupid. I'm standing there going, shut it down, shut it down, shut it down, shut it down. And in the natural, everything could be looking at you going, you're crazy. You've just really disqualified yourself. But all the while, you were truly qualifying yourself for something greater. And it's those tests of life that people don't see that will prepare you for a future that only God can give you. I'm telling you, man.
Moses is a great example of, of seeing and learning in wisdom and then missing it. Because he spent, he spent 40 years of a learning lesson and then he spent 40 years of a squandered mission. I, you know what I mean? I really believe that. I, you, know, the, the, you know, when he went, to, he was wandering. So 80 years of, of, of 40 years of wisdom and preparation and 40 years of exile and almost, almost humiliating, man. An 11-day journey took you 40 years. You know what I mean? So after 80 years of prepping positively, and I think the negative prepares you just as much as the positive. You know, you and me could probably write a book on what not to do to learn what to do more than we wrote a book about this is how you do it. This is how you do it. Come on. No. Nobody writes the book of this is how you do it. Everybody writes the book as this is how you're not supposed to do it. You learn more from the mistakes of life than you do than the what? Then the what? Then the success. I, every time I call for advice um, in areas, it usually is based out of the negativity that someone had to walk through that they could create the positivity of the decision that you're getting ready to make. You know what I'm saying? Like, like okay, like you're in love, right? Remember when you're in love? Come on, man. You're in love. You're young. You know, I get them. They're 50 years old. They're in love. 60 years old. They're in love. And when you're the guy looking in the window and you're like, I'm in love, you know, and you're like, oh, and you're like, man, you ain't in love. You're in lust. It's going to be a mess if you keep going out. And they don't want, nobody wants to hear it. And then like, you're like, learn from the pain, right? Or a building or a church. Oh my God, church people. I got pastors talk to me all the time. Like, oh, you know, this, why in the world would you think something's going to work out any different than the way God said it would? It's impossible. That's crazy. You're not going to get it to work. So watch this. You ready for this? Because I like this. Right? Moses had a place of preparation, 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 and still messed it up. Jesus spent 30 years preparing for his ministry, and guess what? He had a three-and-a-half-year ministry for 30 years of preparation. Oh, my God. How discouraging. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That was funny, right? They seem difficult, those younger years of, right? right. 30 years to prepare for three and a half years. Your ministry is not going to be over in three and a half years. His ministry still continues. I was kidding around, but you understand what I'm saying. When you're in the 30 years of preparation, what are you thinking? This isn't going to happen. This isn't coming to pass. I'm never going to see this thing. Come on. Guess what? Here's number four, and number four is going to hurt for a little bit, but my God, I call it the season of obscurity. Man, I'll tell you what, this is where you get it the best, because there's silence in here. A season of obscurity, a season of, of, of insignificance. In, in not, you're, you're not that you're not significant, but it's, it feels like I'm on a shelf. Nobody knows me. Nobody cares. Nothing's going good. It just seems like I'm pressing through a season of isolation. Well, isolation is never a bad thing because it is a place where you're supposed to create total focus on God. Most people squander years of isolation and try to stay busy. That's really, that's really good. 
I'm really in I'm really anointed right now. Seriously, I could feel it. I'll save years of your life right here. Isolation is meant for total focus on God. Everyone goes through a season of isolation, but so many people cannot handle the silence of it. They stay chaotic in their mind and in their decision making. So that instead of allowing the isolation to create total God focus, even though they're isolated, they get too busy with stupid stuff and miss the preparation season. That will create breaks in focus in the future that could create derailment of destiny in the now. Because you're breaking focus. Anything that breaks your focus must be eliminated out of your life. Because Satan knows that when he distracts you, he'll bring someone in your life to take the attention of God out. So you have to have incredible levels of wisdom when you're in this place of isolation because things and people are going to try to take you out of it. Don't go there. Okay? Spiritual isolation is okay. Because its byproduct is total focus on God. Most people do not allow that thing to take place in their life because I, I really think they don't understand the process. And if you don't understand the process of something, you don't really like, like, if you don't understand the process, you don't really like hanging on to the, um, the hope. Well, if you don't understand the process of something, you, you don't really understand you know, you can't even get to the reward. If I don't understand the process, I'm not going to be committed to the process to see the results because I don't even know what these process is going to hold. So what's the sense of staying in it? Let me just compromise the process because I don't think the reward is as good as going through the pain. So why do I want to go through this? Show me what the benefit is. That's why I have no problem with God, with people, and especially young, guy, young guys, ministers, Hey, go through the pain because the, the, the other side is where it's at. You might, here's a big one too. You might go through spiritual isolation where you can't really connect with any other, other spiritual people or you don't even connect with God. I went through quiet seasons with God. I didn't know where he was. I knew where I was. How about social isolation? How about that one? You ready for that one? No, most of the people I know cannot handle that one. What do you mean? He, you get, you don't have outlet, and then you, you, because you don't want to compromise your isolation. This is not being some weirdo. This is like no one really could connect at the level of where you're seeing your spiritual life right now, and nobody really understands you. So you're socially isolated. You feel like you're alone. I call them the stages of death. <laughs> Embrace them. They will take you to destiny. How about this one? Um, you get, I just was feeling this one big because when I, when I got in this like rules of reaping, I felt like I've been, um, isolated. I feel like once I started, this is really good, man. I'm preaching to myself. I really been diving in this rules of reaping because I want you guys to go to a whole new level. I got people all around me having the best year of their life, um, in areas.
But I felt when I went to this place of, of deeper seed, seed sowing, personally, I lost all sense of security. I have, I have isolated myself from security. I have no net. I'm on the edge, and I like it. You see what I'm saying? So I want, it, I want security, but you can't have security and have God, so I have to isolate myself from security and hang on to God. Do you see it? So yeah, have you ever been through that? I didn't even know that's even a word. Um, isolation security. I have none. I've been isolated from security. That means I've separated myself from being secure because I'm in this place of faith that I'm out of control. I'm in God. Does that make sense? Does that click? You know what I mean? Like, oh, I want to just be in the boat. No, you got to go walk on water. Okay? Seasons are definitely going to change, but you're going to have to go through this endurance and receive the reward. That's big. You're going to have to endure through this thing because as you go, God's going to take you to the next season of blessing, but you got to understand this. You got to let patience have its perfect work and bring you out on the other side. Okay? So this is big. I'm going to wrap this up with this because this is important. Okay? Seasons are going to change. Okay? You sometimes by faith could speed the process up, but you cannot eradicate the season itself. You're going to go through every one of these seasons because they're all character building. And I'm going to say this. I don't think if you don't go through, I really believe this, if you don't go through these seasons that we talked about, some of them, and they're all, there's probably hundreds of them, and it's probably part of your assignment. Because I mean, you know, some of you don't have to walk through. Like everybody goes, oh, Joseph, you ain't got to walk through the pain that guy walked through. That was his assignment. You know what I'm saying? You ain't got to be sold and beaten and messed up. and oh No, Jesus, that ain't my assignment. You know what I'm saying? Paul, that ain't my assignment. Peter, that ain't my assignment. You cannot, you now you could identify, but you can't expect like everybody's going to go through the same thing. No, it's your assignment. If you get stuck going somewhere, right? Like this is funny, right? It's kind of funny. It's kind of comical and funny and kind of laughable at the same time, right? I went, I was somewhere and these guys are called, I was in India and these guys were called to go out in this spot, man. I was like, I ain't going out there. And I had no regret about it. You know how like people feel bad? I was like, no, that is not my calling. That is not my assignment. I ain't going. You go. I'll give you money to go, but I ain't going. That ain't part of my package. Sorry. Did you feel bad? No. Did you want, did you feel like you, no. It's not my assignment. I didn't pick my assignment. If God wanted me to go be some missionary in Tibet, I'd have a desire to do it. I don't want to go nowhere. You know what I mean? I don't want to go out in the woods. I don't want to camp. I ain't down with none of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, they even like went to Brazil. They're like, oh, you want to go to Amazon? I said, how long does it take? He said, a day in and a day out. I said, nah. They said, well, there's people there to reach. I said, do you reach them? They said, yeah. I said, well, you reach them. That's your assignment. That ain't my part of my plan. Well, I don't have no desire. You know, sometimes desire, desire is revealing stuff to you that's part of your plan. Like, we, when we first started the ministry, we still do it. We're feeding a bunch of people and helping a bunch of people. Some guys are looking at you and like, I don't want nothing to do with that. That's part of our assignment. Somebody might be doing this. We started a Bible school. Guys looked at me and said, a Bible school? I don't, that's part of my assignment, an online Bible school, ibtc.global.org. Go look it up, right? And you can get educated from anywhere in the world. That was part of my assignment. 
Do your assignment. Stay in your lane. Run your race and finish. Here's the thing. Ready? God will eventually reveal the purpose of seasons, but not while you're in the middle of them. That will preach. Somebody needs to tweet it. Tweet it. Tweet it. Get it out. God will reveal the purpose of seasons, just not while you're in the middle of them. You got to come out the other side. And then when you look back, you go, oh, that's why. When you're like this, you're like, oh, God, why, God? Oh, God, no. And then you go like this. Oh, now I know why. Now I know why I didn't get that job. That company went under. Oh, now I know why I didn't marry, you know, Sister Nagalong. Oh, now I know why I didn't got to go, you know, you know, Bobby the Bozo, and you, you didn't marry Bobby the Bozo. If your name is Bobby, get over it. I'm just, I'm just using a generic, right? Come on. You see what I'm saying? When you're over here, oh, why you leave me? Why do I go go that? Now over here, like pray. Can he do it? Won't he do it? Amen. Amen. Over here, like crying. Oh God. Right? Remember some of you had, had to move or you had to like do something big or you had to go into ministry? Oh my God. I remember Jesus helped me. Man, I went into ministry and I went with these people and I, all the while I was like, oh my God, these people ain't even saved. They're half crazy. I do not want to do this, God. I don't want to do this. And I was him. And then I come out to the other side and said, now I got buildings. Now I got Now I see why I had to go. And if you're watching, God used you. What do you want me to tell you? Well, you, you did not, they didn't help me. They were a pain. But God used it. He will never reveal the purpose of the season in the season. He will reveal the purpose of the season after the season is over. Come on. That will, pre- I'm done. That'll preach. Won't that preach? Man, I got to go on the other side to see this. You better believe it. Come on, you better believe it. I'm telling you, you better believe it. I got some music going out. Here we go. Come on, Donnie. We fall down, but we get up. Come on. A saint is just a sinner. Come on. We couldn't stay down there. We got up. Come on. Get up. Pastor Chris, did you just do that? Yeah, we ain't editing it out either. Remember that. You might have just fell down, but get up. Come on. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, the assignment is real. The purpose is real. The cause is real. The destiny is real. Everything you said you would do and could do, you will do because you're God. Thank you, Father, that you're bigger than our mistake. You're greater in grace than our problems. You're bigger in stature in who you are in the DNA of God than any failure I've ever had in the earth. Thank you for picking me up. And thank you for assigning us an assignment that only we can fulfill. Bless them, keep them, watch over them, and prosper them like never before in their assignment. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, 
Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Man, listen, I love you guys. I hope you had a great time in the summit. I know I did. Amen. And don't forget, as we keep moving forward in the things that God has for us, we are going to see God's greater glory show up in everything we do. I can't wait to see you Sunday morning, 9 and 1030. God bless you. And I promise you, thanks for sharing tonight's message. It's going to help some people. Amen. Share it after you're gone. Even if you didn't share it, share it now. This can help somebody. All right. I'll see you soon. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.